Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What is the Taylor Swift effect? Why is the pop star so influential? And how are Swifties driving the economy? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. apologize in advance for all of the puns, but it has to be done. Consider today's episode to be a love story for one of music's biggest stars. Chances are you know a thing or two about Taylor Swift and her iconic reputation. This past summer was not cruel to Taylor, who dominated the music scene with her heiress tour. Even still, she remained in the headlines thanks to her high-profile relationship with her lover, Chiefs star Travis Kelsey. While the dads, brads, and chads have bad blood with the singer due to her infiltration of the football scene, fans are hoping that this relationship is the end game. So why are colleges now offering Taylor Swift courses? Why was she named Times Person of the Year? And how did she become the global star we know today? Joining me now to provide her top-tier pop culture analysis is host of the Kennedy Saves the World podcast and my friend, Kennedy. Kennedy. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to be honest. I had you on because of your expertise, but also because I just like hanging out. I like hanging out with you too, Abby. I'm sorry we're not in the same state, but I know wherever you are, you also are saving the world. Oh, I wish. And not as much as you, though. I'm going to come back to New York so you can save me as well. Um, We're going to save some Swifties right now because we're talking about Taylor Swift. We know people love to hear about this topic. And I want to establish something first. So my mom and I have this tradition. When I was growing up, 2009 is when it started. We went to the first Taylor Swift tour, the Fearless tour. And we decided we would go to one concert from every single tour. And we have held to that tradition to this day, even with the craziness of the Eras tour. So I would consider myself an OG Taylor Swift fan, but I don't know if Swifty is the right way to describe myself. Are you an OG Swift fan or are you a Swifty or neither? Um, no, I've always appreciated her talent. And I definitely, in terms of fandom, I gravitate toward people who are natural, hardworking songwriters. And, you know, obviously I would put her and Lady Gaga in that category. And I think, you know, for both of them, I see some similarities because it's very easy to dismiss people who are cultural phenomenons, Mm. Uh, you know, and and people like, oh, it's, you know, bubblegum, mindless pop. And it's really not like that's the thing that that's so wonderful about her writing is it's very personal, which makes it very universal, because when you're writing about something you experienced and how you truly feel about it, there's a really good chance that other people have felt the same thing. And it is cathartic. It is a release and a communion to listen to something and live through it again. It can be hard, especially with the breakup songs, but um, (laughs) she really excels at songwriting and has pushed herself as a songwriter for a long time. And a lot of people, their anxiety of losing the muse can be crippling. And, And somehow she's always circumnavigated that, which I think is very fascinating. 
Absolutely. That's a great way to put it too. And she's such a, I remember way back before all the Kanye stuff happened, there was this whole thing of like, Kanye is the lyricist of our generation. I'm like, actually it's Taylor Swift. And you would get laughed at back in the 2010s that if you said that, because people just saw her as writing songs about boys and breakups and things like that. But if you really listen to her lyrics, it's a story. She tells an entire story and she ends it, which I love. Um, I, I do want to ask you because you're so good at defining things in Kennedy's world, what would be the definition of a Swifty? That's really interesting. Um, I think someone who would absolutely defend her to the end and take her side on everything. Um, someone who follows everything she does on social media and engages with at least two dozen other verified Taylor Swift fan accounts. Very specific. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, someone who has sacrificed their uh, personal financial well-being in order to go to at least two stops on the Eras tour. Mm. Um, you know, those those are real hardcore Swifties. And, you know, people who know every word to every song, which is really difficult because she has a massive catalog. And even if you think you're a fan, you know, there are there are depths to her catalog that I guarantee a vast majority of her fans have not plumbed. And that's just because right. of the, the sheer breadth of her her music and her catalog. I agree. And I, I would like to say, I think I know the words to the majority of her songs because nice. I would sit back before there was social media. That's what you did. You sat on iTunes or LimeWire, not me, of course, and you would listen and you would actually, that was kind of your way of being alone and socially interacting with a person that you had no idea who they were and they had no idea who you were. Um, but yeah, when we talk about Swifties, it is interesting because that tour I referred to in the beginning, the Fearless Tour, I think that grossed $66 million. So it's kind of crazy to see how much Which Swifties... at the time, I'm sure, was a very big deal. For sure. For sure. But then you compare that today, the Eras Tour, I believe, is a billion. Around yes, a and billion it, it has made her a billionaire. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So why do you think it is now that people are gravitate? People have always gravitated towards her. Obviously, um, she has released more music since then. But also, she is a marketing genius. When you see the things that she's doing, that's why I've always had respect for her. Yeah, she's she's great. She's an amazing performer. But when you look at her marketing, it's nuts. You know what I think she's she excels at, especially when you talk about that. She does things um, not that she anticipates that her fans would want to see or want to hear from her. She does things that she really enjoys doing. And that's mm -hmm. why, you know, you can see the joy on her face when she's in a commercial or when she's cheering on Travis Kelsey, like you see the genuine joy and, you know, and Travis Kelsey even remarked about that. Like given the pressure and the constant microscope that she's under, she could be in her head thinking about that all the time, but somehow 
she's able not to. And and she really does so much on her own terms and she really trusts herself, uh, mm-hmm. which is so rare. And there's one other person I know who is like that. And the fact that he is so intuitive and has trusted that, trusted in his own ability and in the notion that everything will work out is Kelly Slater. You know, he he's another person who has had just incredible longevity in his career. And I think they inhabit the same kind of mindset, which, you know, Kelly once told me that before he would surf in big events, he would sit and meditate on the beach and he would picture with his eyes closed the word no written all over the sand. And he would go over and change every no into a yes in his mind. And, you know, there was something about that belief and and overcoming difficulty through self-belief and positivity and just, you know, really keeping his head down and having the friends that he wanted and living the life he wanted and continuing to surf even when the odds and the naysayers were against him. And I, I think she's figured something else out like that. And a lot of us would benefit from being able to kind of shut out the noise. And we may not have access to the tools financially, you know, to offload a lot of our worries. But I I think there is a mentality there that could be very helpful for a lot of people. And I think that's also why it is important instead of trying to tear down successful people, really trying to learn from them. And even people who aren't Taylor Swift fans can acknowledge that she has done something right. There is something about her path that she's almost figured out her own code. And, you know, is there something you, you just have to think about your life in those terms, even though it might be on a smaller scale? Is there a way for you to tap into your own code and to offload some of your own worries so you're living your life on your terms? This has become an inspirational podcast. I, I did this, Kennedy. Yeah. You are saving the world. This is this is great. What I picked out of there, I mean, there are so many great nuggets in there, but I think you nailed it with the mentality part. And and also, this is why I love having you on because I've never met anyone who can compare Kelly Slater and Taylor Swift in the same sentence, but it makes so much sense just when you talk about their mentality. And I, this is a great story about how, you know, writing no and erasing it and turning them into yeses. And she's had to do that too in her career, just when you go back and how she kind of disappeared and then went, went abroad for a while. And then there were rumors that she was in that suitcase and then she came back with this reputation toward it is it's a fascinating story to follow. And I think that's part of what makes people connect to her. Uh, but you know, Swifties in general, do you think it is the way that she's marketed and hidden clues in her songs and the friendship bracelets? I mean, why do you think people feel such a connection to her? Because she she puts it out there. She doesn't try to hide things, but, you know, she's not like pornographically uh, releasing every detail of her life. You know, there there is right. an element of her life that that she keeps private, but, you know, those universal painful moments... She has to live and explore, and I think it's her way of processing. And for a lot of people, like, songwriting is her way of processing. For a lot of people who have been through disappointment and heartbreak, their processing is by listening to someone's music. And, you know, the catharsis of living through someone else's memory and experience. Mm-hmm. And she's had many experiences. I, you hear it in her You lyrics. calling her a slut? 
<laughs> not that kind of experience, Kennedy. I mean, she has dated a lot of people, but yeah, she even makes fun of that too, which is great. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you bring up you bring up Travis Kelsey, and I think that's been a fun thing for people to follow. A lot of people have gotten a little fatigued from it. I'm I'm kind of aligned with let's just let them be at this point. But I was I I'm in San Diego right now. Uh, my brother just had a baby and uh, my other brother brought his two kids, two adorable sons, and we took them to Legoland yesterday. And there were people with Legoland shirts and normal clothes. And there was this one woman and it said, Kelsey Swift, 2024. And I was like, I knew there was bound to be one person who has this shirt who wanted to comment on their relationship. Do you, are you aligned with people who are kind of over it do you think that this is a true thing is it genuine has it been i i just want to hear your take because we've also watched football together so as a football fan how do you feel um i do think it's genuine you know i started out thinking this is really sweet you know these are two people who probably have a very difficult time trusting other people and dating other people and you know it's like you can make fun of her for dating famous people but i think it's really hard for someone who's that famous to date a normie. I, th- I think it's almost impossible. Like someone has to be able to identify on some level with what you go through on a daily basis mm-hmm. without being resentful of it. And, you know, here are two people and they're the kind of people like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and even Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, where, you know, just being together, an atom bomb goes off like a pop culture atom bomb and makes the whole thing so much bigger than the sum of its parts. And, you know, these two are like that just when you thought she couldn't get bigger. It it is, you know, exemplified by her relationship. And, you know, they're normal people. They They probably do want to have private time and they realize like, that's impossible. So part of it, they're going to have to live publicly. So she just kind of does it as though the cameras aren't on her constantly, which they are. And she's probably gotten used to that feeling. But as a football fan, you don't need to see it. And and when the Chiefs don't do well, it's really easy to blame her as though yeah. she has destroyed the entire team's dynamic. <laughs> it's true. And let's not forget that it's not only hard for her to date because of her celebrity dumb, but also she's 5'11. And that's hard for any woman who's 5'11 yes. to, to find someone. I, I'm i all about happy people being happy. And yes. if they are happy, that is a great thing. Uh, do you think that time was right for making her person of the year? Yes, absolutely. Because um, if for no other reason than the fact that her tour lifted the economies in every city she went to. Mm -hmm. And I think there was really something to be said for the fact that, you know, it wasn't this insular, like, the concert is only happening here, and this is the only place you can engage with it. You know, it's like, she knew it was sold out. She knew her, her diehard fans wanted to get in and either couldn't afford it or couldn't get tickets. So they were tailgating and creating this experience because of that there were artists and and vendors who were also co-celebrating and you know they it, it all sort of fed into each other and people have probably never had experiences like that you know if someone came around selling friendship bracelets <laughs> at the UCLA USC game especially at the Rose Bowl where you yeah. can actually tailgate because you can't tailgate uh, at the Coliseum, then I would buy them. You know, I would I would love if if something like that, if you could engage like that with sports teams and and other musicians. But 
they're not that organized and their fans aren't that organized. Right. Would you buy a USC friendship bracelet if I, or would you, would you take it if I gave you one? <laughs> would you wear if it? If it said, if it said USC, UCLA, I would. Absolutely. But if it just said USC, you wouldn't? No, I would, I would rearrange the letters to S-U-C and probably add a K-S. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Maybe for Christmas next year, I know what to get you. <laughs> um, it is, it is wild though, when you think about it, because Colleges, speaking of college, they're now offering courses on Taylor. Annette has hired a full-time Swifty journalist. I mean, how did we get here? We got here because she continues to evolve. You know, it's like no one, no one is hiring like a, a beat reporter to follow Pearl Jam, even though Pearl Jam <laughs> sells out stadiums around the world. Yeah. Like the guys in Pearl Jam are rich, rich, because, you know, they go to South America, they, they sell out every country, every city night after night, but you know, it's not as dynamic as, as Taylor Swift because she's still going, she's still evolving, you know, she's still trying to write the very best songs she's ever written. And it's like it's Simone Biles competing in the Olympics again, mm -hmm. like gymnasts never get a second go around, let alone a third. So, you know, the, these strong and powerful women continue to make and push their own boundaries. And it's hard for me to think of better role models for my daughters. And, you know, it's like, I, I want them to hear about these stories and to know that when you create something and you connect with other people, that is the most satisfying human endeavor I can think of. Like we are creative beings. Um, but the fact that she's also figured out how to market and monetize it, like good for her because yeah. it really is a rising tide that lifts so many other boats. And I'm excited because, you know, we all know as you progress and go through life, your your feelings change and the way you look at the world changes, your perspective changes. And, you know, eventually you develop a specialty and, and eventually wisdom. So, you know, if she's just now specializing and if her greatest wisdom is to come, I look forward to those songs she's going to write like 10, 15 years from now. Mm, yeah, she'll still be going for sure. I think yeah. I love that you bring up connection. That's such a great point with music. And I know you come from a music industry background as well. And that's something that for us, people who don't know each other, I mean, there's someone listening to Taylor Swift in Argentina and we're listening to her here and everyone picks something else, something different out of her lyrics and connect with that. But it also connects one another. And I think that's such a beautiful thing about music as a whole, but Taylor Swift, to your point, has done such a great job at that. Um, and you also mentioned how hard worker, or she's a hard worker at the beginning of this podcast. And I think that's, that's another thing. I, I went to the, the concert in Nashville and it was the one that got just dumped on. I mean, it was pouring rain. It was lightning. Oh, wow. You were there? I was there, yeah, with my mom, and oh. it was 10 p.m. and she still hadn't started. I think, I think the concert, if I remember, it was like 10.08. 
And she played the entire four hour set, my wow. poor mom. <laughs> and, and we, we stayed for the whole thing. And it was just, but you think about Taylor in that situation. And I call her Taylor because we all connect with her now. Mm -hmm. She's not Swift. She's Taylor. Um, but she had, she's on tour for all of these months. It's an intense concert, four hours long. And she knows that's a sense of responsibility that people have come from all over to come see her in Nashville. And I respect that so much because she still played the entire thing, even though she's probably exhausted. Yeah, and she has respect for the audience. And yeah. that's also something that comes, you know, confidence comes from experience. And, and she has the confidence to say, yeah, these people want to see me. It doesn't mean she's full of herself, but she's acknowledging that connection. And, mm. you know, there aren't a lot of people who could do that. There really aren't. And I think when Madonna went to the hospital, it's because she was trying to compete with that. And mm. the only person who kind of came close was Beyonce, you know, who then released a concert movie, uh, just like Taylor Swift. And they went to each other's premieres, which I thought was really great. But Madonna, like, almost worked herself into the grave trying to compete with that. And, you know, that's another lesson is you have to play your own game. Like, you have mm. to stay in your own lane and, and use your own strengths. Because if you're trying to be somebody else, if you're out, if you're trying to out somebody, somebody else, you will get hurt. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Wyndham hotels and resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is kind of an unrelated question, but also related in the same way. Um, you, so you're such a hard worker. I think about all the things you do and you are an amazing mom. I've seen you with your girls. I've seen you at work. I mean, it's, it, you're an inspiration to them as well. And then people who watch you, what would you, what advice would you give to people who are trying to be in that next level, but they're feeling burnt out? Cause I could imagine Taylor Swift feels that all the time. Like I'm getting burnt out. You probably feel it as well. So what do you do in that? Situation? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point. And, you know, I was thinking about that as people were making their resolution solutions because you can't do everything at the same level. So you really have to pick and choose. And I had an old boss and I've talked about her a few times. She was great. And, and she always, whenever we would have staff meetings, she would always bring us, you know, these, these inspirational quotes and things like that and different ways to kind of look at the world and look at the work we were doing. And, you know, one of the ones, and I, I use this all the time. And I was talking about this the other day, I think on the five, the 80-20 rule where you take 80% of your energy and you put it into the 20% of your life that is most important to you. And then the other 20% of your energy can go over the other 80%. And it really helps you prioritize your life, which is what you have to do. And, and Travis Kelsey said the first time he tried to meet Taylor Swift, she wasn't talking to anyone after the show because she has to prioritize her voice. You know, she cannot make everybody happy. She cannot do a meet and greet at every show. And it's the same thing. Like if, if you are trying to work out and work and take care of your home with the same exact intensity, you will burn out because we do have a finite amount of energy, which you can restore your energy, but you can only do that if you respect your own boundaries.
How do you decide which part is the most important part of your life? My girls are the most important. You know, so if, if something happens with them, like today, my younger daughter called me because uh, she was having an issue with a bully at school. And I asked her, like, do you need me to come down there? Because I absolutely will. And she knows I will. She knows that I will. I will go in and I will talk to the assistant principal and, you know, I will advocate for her. And she's like, no, no, I got this. Just, you know, be on standby. So they are the most important thing. And it, it was interesting because a friend of mine who was a cardiovascular surgeon, and she's also an incredible mom. And, you know, I remember she was throwing a, a massive sixth birthday party for her son and people were making fun of her because she had bouncy houses and a magician. And she looked at me and she's like, I know people make fun of me for this, but they're not going to be young very long. And in just a few years, they're not going to want birthday parties. So I'm going to make the most of it. And she said, when I'm with my boys, nothing else matters to me. She's like, I put my phone away. I'm not checking emails. I'm not getting a call from work. If I'm not on call, my I'm nowhere near my phone and my boys get everything. And you can't be everywhere all the time, but wherever you are, be there completely. And, you know, a lot of people talk about mindfulness. And for me, that's the kind of thing it is. Like if you're at work, make sure your head is at work. If you're with your family, then be with your family. And it's tough because, you know, we all talk about how kids are always on their phones. Well, adults are too. Adults are just as bad. Mm -hmm. My mom always says the greatest gift you can give someone is your time. And yes, if you can give right. your kids kids your time, your friends your time, your family your time. I mean, that's the be the best thing that you can do. So I, I think that's a great note to end on. Kennedy, you're the best. You I are, Hanging out in person, maybe one of these days. But um, thanks so much for coming on. And I hope the listeners got a lot from that because I know I did. Well, uh, your karma is phenomenal in 2024. <laughs> I'll just say that. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are my top takeaways about Taylor Swift. Number one. Kennedy stands by Time Magazine's decision to make Taylor its person of the year. She points to the success of the Eras Tour and Taylor's ability to lift the economies of the cities she visited. Taylor was successful at creating a brand new experience, and that's something not every artist or even person can do. Number two. Taylor Swift really is one of the biggest global sensations we've ever seen. That's in part because she's done such a great job connecting fans to one another across the world through her marketing, but also she's done it through her authenticity. People resonate with her lyrics because of how relatable they can be, and she somehow has taken that and continued to create an atmosphere that will only bolster the longevity of her career. And number three, you can catch Kennedy Saves the World on Apple, Spotify, or foxnewspodcast.com. It's one of my favorites. Kennedy is such a lovely human being, and I always learn a lot from her podcast, so be sure to check that out as well. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are my top takeaways about Taylor Swift. Number one, Kennedy stands by Time Magazine's decision to make Taylor its person of the year. She points to the success of the Eras Tour and Taylor's ability to lift the economies of the cities she visited. Taylor was successful at creating a brand new experience, and that's something not every artist or even person can do. Number two, 
Taylor Swift really is one of the biggest global sensations we've ever seen. That's in part because she's done such a great job connecting fans to one another across the world through her marketing, but also she's done it through her authenticity. People resonate with her lyrics because of how relatable they can be, and she somehow has taken that and continued to create an atmosphere that will only bolster the longevity of her career. And number three, you can catch Kennedy Saves the World on Apple, Spotify, or foxnewspodcast.com. It's one of my favorites. Kennedy is such a lovely human being, and I always learn a lot from her podcast, so be sure to check that out as well. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.